You are listening to Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. I'm your host, Pat Ivey. And I'm your co-host, Mackenzie. And thanks for tuning in to another episode. Culture of accountability is when a lot of your athletes are doing what they're supposed to be doing, when they're supposed to be doing how they're supposed to be doing it. Competence. Do your athletes know what they're supposed to be doing so that they can do what they're supposed to be doing? Are they committed? Will they see it from the start to the finish? Will they complete the task? Are they consistent? Akeem Robinson currently serves as the head of strength and conditioning at Southeastern University. Prior to this, Robinson worked as the director of Olympic sports at New Mexico State University. Robinson's career also includes 10 years of experience ranging from NAIA level to Division I. Robinson has earned his master's degree from the University of Missouri in positive coaching in psychology, where he worked as a graduate assistant working with the football, cross country, and track and field performance training. Additionally, he has helped with the social responsibility initiative Men for Men and was the Fellowship of Christian Athletes liaison for the strength and conditioning staff. During his undergrad, Robinson was a four-year letter winner as a tight end at Clemson University and played in four bowl games. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Coach Akeem Robinson. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad super to have you on the show. Glad to yeah. have you. Glad to have you. Um, this is a special, special um, three-part show because mm-hmm. we are going to be introducing something to our speakers. Uh, right, Mac? <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. We are going to be introducing it. Um, so I guess I can take that role. Um, so if many of you, I know that you read the blog posts and things like that, that Pat does. And we announced actually a few weeks ago that he is going to be dropping a book. It's coming soon. The exact release date is not yet out. Um, so stay tuned for that. But as part of kind of the, let's call it a book tour if we want, um, we'll call this three part podcast series, um, kind of part of the book promo and getting the awareness out there. And as a result, we're having the three guest authors as guests on the podcast to not only talk about their chapter that they wrote, but also their kind of their story and how they got where they are and their contributions to the book. So coach, before we go into any of that, can you tell our listeners, our listeners more about who is coach Akeem Robinson? Well, you know, Coach Akeem, me, man, uh, it's just so excited to just be here. So just thank you once again for the opportunity. But me in a nutshell, man, it's a guy from Florida. Uh, grew up in Miami-Dade County. So I've seen a lot of football. I've seen a lot of life happen. I was blessed and not stubborn-headed enough to say, you know, let me actually give football a chance. Um, up until that point, I, I hated football. I didn't want to do it. And 
in that whole time, I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to play football. But I gave it a shot, gave it one year. And in that one year, I got an offer to go to Clemson University. And through that, it set everything in motion. You know, at my time at Clemson, it just set so many things in motion of from just being on, on such a pinnacle of this is some of the best athletes you're going to face. These guys will go to the NFL. And then also having the other side of the spectrum where I was on suicide watch. I was dealing with personal issues. I was dealing with discovering who I was and not really taking full advantage of that opportunity when I was there. And from that, went out of um, being a collegiate athlete and went into coaching because that's kind of what I felt comfortable with. And then after being starting off in middle school, I started off at one year at middle school. Then from there, going into coaching at a division two school and after three years of coaching there, went over to Missouri and just said to said to you, I want to work with your staff. And I had no idea what was next. And that's kind of what set some things in motion for me. So the guy that you're listening to right now is a guy that's seen so many different ends of life, so many different ways that life happens. And is just here right now to continue to share the wealth and help people out in the best way I can. So with all of your lifetime experiences, um, I can't recall actually if I just mentioned before that the name of the book is um, is called What's Left on the Table or What Are You Leaving on the Table? Sorry, Pat. Um, so what are you leaving on the table? And that speaks to the myriad of opportunities that student athletes have, that people just involved in athletics as a whole, you know, the not only the athletes themselves, but the coaches, administrators, support staff, things like that. Um, there are a lot of benefits that come along with the I guess rigors and the demanding aspects of sport. There are some, you know, the the opportunities that present themselves as well. Um, so if you can, I know that, you know, you probably could have written more than one chapter based on everything that you've experienced. Um, but what are a few things do you think that you may have left on the table that you want to help other people not do the same? Well, I, I think, you know, that's such a just great way to bring it in because what are you leaving on the table? Just covers so many aspects from, the coach's side of things to the player's side of things. And I was so blessed to have an opportunity to write in this book because that was me. I was the epitome of leaving something on the table of here I am at Clemson and I should be just soaking up every minute of the day. And I didn't. It was, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to weights. I'm going to study the film a little bit. Didn't study the film like a professional. And then from there, go to sleep and hit repeat. And then while I'm hitting repeat, kind of complain a little bit, kind of, you know, <laughs> say if some things were different, you know, and then my nutrition was awful. And through my nutrition being awful, my sleep habits being awful, turned into surgery number one. And then it was, oh, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm going to grind through this. I'm going to make it happen. Then surgery number two came. And then it was, oh, I don't know anymore. And then it was, I was like, you know what? I, I made it here. I'm going to make it into the NFL because that's what I should do, right? Because if you're playing at this level, NFL is the next thing. And so then surgery number three, and then surgery number four, and then surgery number five. And by the end of it, after fifth, five surgeries, it was, here's your cap and gown. Grab your things. And here, congratulations, you've, you've graduated. 
And at the end of the day, I'm so thankful and honored that, that I was able to walk across that stage, but I left so much on the table. I wasn't trying to become better in my thoughts. I wasn't trying to become better, uh, a better man. I wasn't trying to just become better spiritually. There were so many things I left out there. And right now as the director of strength and conditioning, it's taking that same thought and pouring it into the kids here and pouring it into the athletes every single day of we're not going to waste time. Yes, I chose that word correctly. We're not going to waste time. Are we trying to win football games? Of course. Are we trying to win conference championships? Of course. Are we trying to win as many things as possible? Yes. But in this hour to hour and 15 minutes, what else can we excel at? What else can we be better at? So even today, we covered what's a dividend? (laughs) If you were to do stocks, can you buy a stock based off its price? And what if that price is too high? What about setting your sights on uh, stocks that give you good dividends just because of how many things you offer? And we break down the definition of what this stock stock terminology means for today. And then we break down what that looks like and how that would be for an investor learning, how that would be for an investor thinking conservatively. And that's just in one aspect. And then we also teach them how do we control our thoughts? How do we control our thoughts when things aren't going well? How we look at things when things are going well and how we control that. And then the kids will say to you all the time, we always try to pay attention to the games within the game. So even in this one hour, we're trying to hit life as hard as we can because at some point, I'm not going to be able to protect them. But if I give them enough tools and I give them enough things to look at, then that will help them. That's outstanding. Uh, I know you touched on something in the mental aspect of everything, and I know you have a social media presence. We'll get to that a little bit later, but I want to give our listeners a practical example from your life that I witnessed. And that was when you were working at Missouri S&T down in Rolla. You were a strength and conditioning coach. You were the director there, correct? Yes. And you chose to leave that position to come to the University of Missouri as an unpaid intern? Yes. And during that time, you actually did not have a place to stay? Correct. (laughs) Well, you had a place to stay. Yeah. (laughs) But- one was mobile, I believe. And the other yeah. um, one, the other places we were able to help you out with a uh, become a house dad at a fraternity. Yeah. And that that was quite an experience. So we talk about not leaving things on the table, but it's, it's really hard for me to picture you leaving on the table when I know the hunger that I've seen you display. And we're not going to talk about the SEC championship game. And what you did to my my plate of food <laughs> that I turned my back on. We're not going to talk about that. So, but what we are going to do is talk about <laughs> is talk about that experience of and and the sacrifice and how how difficult of a situation that was. You were so hungry to be a strength and conditioning coach and and to pour into the athletes that you sacrificed as much as anybody that I've ever witnessed. Yeah. Um. Wow. Thank you so much for bringing that up. That that was such a tough time in my life because that was coming off of 
the toughest time of being in a five-year relationship and my loved one at the time saying, I'm not happy. And when she said that, I, I was broken. I was devastated. I had no idea what to do. And when she said that, it was, you figure it out. We're no longer together. So I was homeless. And this is me being homeless with two degrees from Clemson. The first one in uh, three years, the second one in a year and a half. And the truck I'm still riding around, riding around in after 20 years was my bedroom. And it was tough. I remember crying myself to sleep and just wondering, how can this happen to me? How can I go from Clemson to my Ford Explorer being my bedroom and not, not a four door, a sport. So how, how does that happen? And I remember just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember one day saying to myself, I'm going to find her. I'm just going to walk. And after an hour of walking in the Missouri cold of Rolla, I found her car at her now husband's place. And I said, they, they ruined me. They, they broke my life and they put me in this situation. And I just remember crying outside of that front door. And I ended up walking home in a shorts and a T-shirt. Don't even know how. And when I say home, I was living in my truck for about around roughly two weeks. And when I say home, a uh, assistant coach at the time found out about it. And he said, well, you can live in my office. So I was living in his office after two weeks of my truck. And I just remember crying myself to sleep. And the next day I said, I, I can't keep living like this. I, ca I can't keep doing this. You got to start changing. And that set in motion me starting to not leave things on the table anymore, starting to seize moments. And the first thing that I, I, I tried to seize was my mind. I let my mind drift so far away from who I was trying to become, who I was trying to develop myself into and the man that I knew I should be. And I let my just thoughts drift so far into the red and the negative that that next day I opened up my computer and I just typed on the computer, I am. And I just wrote 27 different things of who I wanted to be or who I thought I was. And the very first line was, I am thankful for today. And I didn't believe it, but I wanted to. And on that poster included things like, I am happy. I am moving forward. I am a catch. I am worth fighting for. I am fun to be around. The last line says, I am grateful if I could see tomorrow. And the hardest line on there for me to write was, I am sexy and I know it. And, and, <laughs> and after this development of changing my mind is when I, I, I was brave enough to look you in the eyes. I'll never forget it. And I, and I just went into your office and I had no idea what I was going to get myself into. And this was after three days of volunteering with your staff. Uh, and in order for me to volunteer with your staff for those three days, I got in my truck, I drove an hour and a half, got there by five in the morning, worked all day, drove back from Columbia, Missouri to Rolla, Missouri, slept in the office and did it again because I had no other place to sleep. <laughs> and I just remember after that third day of working with football, I just looked you in the eye and said, I want to work with your staff because I had no idea, but I just knew that was, that was something that was still left on the table. That was something still within my grasp to get better, to go after something. And from there, I, I lived in a fraternity house with 60 guys. 
And being that house that, like you said, was tough too, but it continued to develop me and mold me. And every single day I kept repeating this poster. I kept repeating who I wanted to become. And every day was, you're going to do this. You're going to be fun to be around. You're going to be a catch. You got to move forward. You got to ignore distractions. You got to be positive about life. You got to be happy. And it was this person that just kept pushing while living in a fraternity house and making sure 60 guys didn't destroy the house. But I knew that's what it took. That's what I had to do in order to continue to push and continue to move myself in a position to, to change someone else's life. And so I was just so thankful for you just taking a shot on me and putting me in that position because every day it's, how can I get better? How can I move forward? What am I willing to do to move forward? What am I willing to sacrifice to move forward? And I, I think a lot of people don't challenge themselves like that. A lot of people just kind of look at their one position and they say, well, this is good enough. And they look at, you know, their title and say, well, I'm okay with this. And I challenge every conversation and everything that I go through is think of it differently. Think of it another way. So even to, to this day, do I repeat the poster as often as I first did when I was in my truck and at, at the fraternity house? No, but every day I make my bed because I remember there wasn't a bed. And so in me making the bed, it's being thankful that I have one. So when I leave this house, continue to have a place you can sleep, continue to move and change people's lives that when you come home, you can say, well done. When I lock my door, I say, wow, you have a door that you can lock. Wow, you have a place that you can call your own, that you don't have to be worried about somebody robbing you at night. Somebody, somebody just coming up to you because they feel like, hey, I'm going to take advantage of this situation. And then even after 20 years, my truck, when it turns on, I'm thankful that it turns on. And I think in those three moments that I can just turn my brain on, I'm trying to get people to think, how do, how can we get better? How can we turn our brains on? How can we keep moving forward? This podcast is sponsored by Soranex Exercise Equipment. Since 1980, Soranex has been a family owned business responsible for legendary innovations and training solutions that have changed the face of strength training. Today, Soranex is the most sought-after strength brand for professional teams, colleges, high schools, and military units. During this process of growth, our clients have become an extended family to us, part of our brotherhood, our culture. We want to thank you, our customers, friends, and family for being the foundation on which Soranex is built. We promise to do our best to continue to serve you with the best strength training equipment and service in the industry. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned so many things that people take for granted every single day, and that's your daily mentality. And you spoke on it several times about you felt like it was your responsibility to care for those other people. So the 60 guys in the frat house and now obviously coaching, that's such a caring position. Um, my question then, I guess, is how do you help those people that you're coaching and the people that you're around? How do you help them see that it doesn't take what what you mentioned as as kind of like a broken life moment, you know, with if some catastrophic thing to happen, how do you get people to 
kind of make the turn or make the mentality shift? How do you coach that into them without, or I guess, saving them that life broken experience? Well, you know, part of that is through my best friend, another guy that you you guys are going to hear from later, but Derek Leger, we developed this mentality a long time ago of like, water can burn through anything if it drips on it long enough. (laughs) And if we constantly think about the person, care about the person, not the athlete, (laughs) not the wins, not the losses and and not the conference titles, because that's what people get caught up in. And, And people grab onto that so much that they chase these titles and they chase these rings and they chase these appearances. And when they do that, they lose the person. And for us, and especially for me and how we teach our kids, and I, I, I can't help but call them kids, even to their face, I call them kids, is because I love them. I care for them. And I tell them, the reason why I'm teaching you this way is because at some point, you're going to have your own family. At some point, you're going to be running your own business. At some point, you're going to be looking your loved ones in the eyes and you're going to say, this is how we're going to make it. You're going to say, this is a tough situation, but we'll figure it out. And because there's two ways, I believe there's two ways to look at things. You can look at things through the conscious mind and everybody does that. Everybody looks at things through the conscious mind of, well, I, I hurt right now. This work sucks right now, or I don't want to do this right now, or my body is, does not want to go through this right now. But I challenge people all the time, get out of that way of thinking. Get out of that. Go to your subconscious. And then when I say that, people look at me like, what do you mean? And I said, well, let's connect every single person. If every single person in the world will have a dream of them seeing themselves go on to the next life. And I mean, dying. And I hate to say it like that, but if everyone in the world is connected that way, why are we connected that way? It's because your brain was so strong and so powerful that whatever dream you thought of and however you saw yourself dying, your brain thought it was real. Your brain thought that was really happening. So it wasn't waiting for your permission to wake you up out of your peaceful sleep. It wasn't waiting for your permission to say, hey, you know, we're falling from a thousand plus feet. Do you want me to wake you up right now? No, it just does. And to me, if our brains are that powerful that they can wake us up without our permission, why not control our brains and think of the family you want? Why not control our brains and think of the man you, man or woman you want to become every day? If our brains are that powerful, why not transform yourself into this person every day that when you get the opportunity, you know you're just being tested. And the powerful thing about a testimony just means that you're ready for the test. And so that's what we preach. That's what I I, I pour into them is love. And I pour into them that I'm not coaching today's athlete. I'm coaching today's father, mother, CEO, PhD, doctor. That's who I'm coaching. But it just comes into the fact that right now you're on the platform of football. Right now you're on the platform of wrestling. And that's the love that we pour into them. Wow. 
you can see, so our listeners, you can see why I asked Coach Akeem Robinson to write a chapter. The chapter he wrote is on personal development. I think he's very qualified, <laughs> overqualified to write that chapter. Uh, can you go into the mental max out and your social media presence and why you why did you choose to have a social media presence on that topic? Again, I think it's all about perspective. I think if you could control your perspective, you could control your destination. And Mental Max Out was created to help people with perspective. As I said, as I stated earlier, I was in such a funk. I was in such a hole that I didn't even imagine myself coming out of because I didn't think it was possible. I, I didn't think it was possible to see another day. And so Mental Max Out was created to say, whatever you're thinking about, if it's not helping you, the best thing you can do is think of it differently. And, and that's the best way you can apply it is if something's tough, if something is difficult, what's another way I can look at it? Because if that way is not working, let's change our direction. You know, that's like saying somebody types in the GPS, how do I get home? And the GPS says, take a right, but you always taking a left. Like if you're always taking a left, you're not going to get there. So what we're trying to do is just saying, hey, you know, even though you took a left and it said, take a right, you go down a couple more feet, eventually you can take another right. Eventually you can get yourself on the right track again. I think people um, perceive their perception is like, this is what it is. My family life is always going to be this way. My upbringing just... It's already predetermined me to live this way. Um, I, I've just been raised to think this way. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. But you still can change where you end up. You might not be able to control how you got there in the beginning, but you can change how you end up. And so that's kind of what Mental Max Out was created on of just saying, here's another way to look at it. Here's another way to think about it. And again, we're not trying to tell people this is right and this is wrong. We're just another sounding board to say, here is what we what, which, what we can do. Here is how we can change it. And when I say we, Mental Max Out is also created with a very family-focused mindset. Um, even though I do the videos, I have student-athletes record me. Um, the captions are written by former student-athletes. Because again, it's one thing to hear it from me, but another thing to actually hear and read what somebody might be going through. So what we're trying to do is trying to help a perspective through what they might read and what they might hear, because we just never know how we can catch them. Are these topics and videos I saw on your Instagram, you've got, you know, episode, I think in your highlights right now, it's like 12 and 13 are the most recent ones. Mm -hmm. um, are these things that you are covering with all of your athletes? I know you said you do kind of the five to 10 minute, um, like you learned about dividends today. Um, are they... Do you take the things that you discuss with your athletes and then put them on social media or vice versa or kind of how, you know, are, are athletes getting it from like all levels, I guess? Yeah. So we created 
so we, we started Mental Max Out. And the funny way Mental Max Out was created was because the women's basketball coach at New Mexico State was like, hey, can you give my team a talk? I heard you're really good at it. And I said, thank you. And I really, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I just jumped at it. And at the end, she was like, man, that was so amazing. And she just looked at me and she said, what's your Twitter handle? And I looked at her like, come again. <laughs> and I, I went home and I said, I was asked a question and I didn't know how to respond. And so Mental Max I was created because, again, I, I have to be able to adjust. So what we do is we do cover a, a simple topic. So a simple topic of we asked the athletes in the beginning of the year, what are some of the things you want to learn about? And, and, and they said, we want to learn about money. We want to learn how to be better people. We want to learn about etiquette. We want to learn about how to... T- how to deal with the loss of a loved one. And so we cover that before we even start the workout. And sometimes, guess what? We sacrifice a workout. Like there will be times where we say, hey guys, hey, take a seat, sit down. This is what we're going to talk about today because that's okay because we're going to spend more time with them. If we can just as coaches, sometimes just pull ourselves back and say, we can sacrifice a bench. (laughs) We can sacrifice a set or two because their lives are even more important than this set. And then on top of that, we actually have like a class. Did not do it this year because things were swimming and and just trying to get this new director role up and floating the right way. But we cover a class. And so at New Mexico State, we covered things like uh, the placebo of how do we change our thinking? And some most, most of these are books. And we, I take the book and I, and I break it down and I make it easier. We, we do activities and we just think about how to be better. Another, another session that we covered was how do I find my purpose? Another thing we covered was um, the hero's journey of going into a journey and that being cover, crossing the threshold. Then it's accepting the challenge and then it's withstanding the first wave and going through all these little things. Next semester, we're going to start it up. And we've even talked about having a YouTube page. I do not have that yet. But again, trying to expand and trying to reach more people. And we're going to cover Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. This is another book. And again, we're just trying to help people with perspective. That's outstanding. You hit on something. You talked about just a little bit about um, lifting and the title of this podcast is beyond sets and reps, but I have to make an exception because you do something (laughs) that, and you know what I'm going to talk about. You do something that I have never seen anyone do better. And can you describe why you are one of the best reverse (laughs) deadlifters I've ever seen? Well, um, so this goes back to high school. My my high school coach taught us deadlifts from behind. And so you might be like, what did he just say? Or stop, stop drinking your drink or whatever. But yeah, I do deadlifts from behind. And so the bar is behind my calves. My hands are behind me. And the bar is like literally everything is behind me. And I'm still in a deadlift position. And that's how I pick the bar up. And that's how I learned how to do it. And so now I don't deadlift from the front as recently as of last year, not even last year, almost in the summer, I did 
six ten from behind, and it's on the YouTube, and it's on the mental max out page. <laughs> so the that's crazy. Yeah, I did six ten from behind, and the and the deadlift before that was six fifty on a trap bar, and so yeah, that's just how I learned how to do it. And then people always will say, "Well, don't you don't you hit your hamstrings or you hit your butt?" and and I just look at them and I say, "I never did because my wingspan's six eleven. So, so I never really thought of that. <laughs> That's good. I appreciate that. You know, uh, we're going to wrap this show up. Can you tell our listeners, and it's been great having you. Thank you for everything. Uh, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So if you go on is the Southeastern Southeastern Athletics homepage and you go on to um, staff directory, it's a, Akeem or AJ Robinson at seu.edu. Or you can find me also on Instagram at mental.maxout. Or just type in my name, Akeem Robinson, which is A-K-E-E-M Robinson, R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. And hopefully we just can talk and help you with a different perspective on life. Absolutely. Thank you for everything. Thank you. No, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And you guys are changing lives. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we're excited about the book uh, coming out. We're in the final editing stages and uh, looking forward to that coming out. So you all have a great night. Appreciate you. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Soranex Exercise Equipment. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. You can find show notes and more at beyondsetsandreps.com. That's B-E-Y-O-N-D-S-E-T-S-A-N-D-R-E-P-S dot com.